0: Chapter 5 The Mysterious Stranger The first time Glimmer laid eyes on Catra, she and Bao were wandering down Main Street, complaining as they often did about how boring their town was. Or, to be more accurate, Glimmer was loudly slamming the town's lack of late night dining options, and Bao was occasionally agreeing with her when he could get a word in. Suddenly, Glimmer stopped dead and smacked Bao in his eternally exposed midriff. Hey! Watch the abs! His friend ignored him as she stared across the street with an expression close to all. Who is that? Still rubbing his stomach, Bao looked up to see who had caught Glimmer's attention. Across the street, a lean woman in a pair of sleeveless maroon coveralls was exiting the crimson waist. Her messy, dark hair was kept only partially in check with a black bandana she was using as a headband. She seemed oblivious to her surroundings as she talked on a cell phone gesturing broadly with her other hand. With utter focus, Glimmer watched her walk away, and then finally turned to Bao. I don't know who that is, but I need to meet her. I mean, she was pretty hot. She had to be queer, right? Right? Bao just gave Glimmer a tight smile. I mean, probably. Anyway, if she isn't, she will be. I think this town makes everyone queer. Literally the only reason I haven't left yet. And your parents don't charge you rent. Shut up. And your mom is the mayor. Bao. Stop undermining me. They continued down the sidewalk towards the pizza place with Bao continuing to list reasons why Glimmer would never leave Bright Moon. You can tell tourists that the town is named after you. Okay, now that's a fair point. The next day, Glimmer began an important mission find out who the hot stranger was she texted bao to let him know about this and was disappointed by his initial lack of enthusiasm glimmer good morning operation hot stranger is a go bao thumbs up dark skin tone glimmer thanks so much for the support face with rolling eyes bao it's just glimmer what bao bao you're getting excited about this person who you don't even know It's weird. Glimmer? A hot girl bow. Bow, yes, with you on that and here with the rainbow solidarity. Glimmer, and? Bow, you do this every time a new attractive person moves to town. And then it never works out. Maybe you should try a different approach? Glimmer, like? It took him a few minutes to respond. Bow, never mind. Also, Glimmer, what? Bow you need a cooler name for your mission. Glimmer, starstruck. Her next step was to go to the coffee shop. Though either Natasa or Spinarella would be the obvious choice to be voted, town gossip, they usually managed to get pretty good intel because almost everyone in town came to their cafe, and because Natasa was secretly super nosy. As she waited for Spinarella to prepare her usual fall drink, cinnamon spice latte with an extra shot, she waved Natasa over. So, have you met the hot new girl yet? Glimmer's attempt at a casual tone failed hard. Spinny and Natasha exchanged the kind of significant look that only long-term partners could achieve. Maybe? You'll have to be more specific. There are two new attractive women who recently moved to town. Natasha shot Spinnerella a mischievous look and the other woman slammed a mug down more forcefully than necessary. You've got to let that stupid bet go. She muttered before ignoring her wife to steam some milk. Glimmer looked between them, shrugged, and as usual, completely ignored the tension because it had nothing to do with her. So, back to my question? Always the embodiment of patience. At Glimmer's scowl, Natasha relented. The two new folks are in Trapta and Katra. The former has long pigtails and always seems to be wearing overalls. She's got a job across the street at Hordak's new business as some kind of tech person. And then Catra has messy dark hair, gorgeous eyes, and that sullen. Heartbreaker vibe. She just opened a car repair shop. And I think she's an artist. It's got to be Catra then. Internally, Glimmer was swooning a bit at the description. A hot bad girl who worked with her hands. Yes, please. Why the sudden interest in Ms. Brian Moon? They moved here a few weeks ago. I'm surprised you hadn't already heard. I've been busy with getting the craft fair up and running, and working out the logistics for the 5k rainbow run next weekend. It's a benefit for trans youth. Plus, gotta keep the town Instagram popping." Spinnerella brought over Glimmer's drink with a smile. We do appreciate all the work you do to make this town gay and interesting. The shorter girl took a careful sip of the drink, and sighed with pleasure. Two of her major food groups were sugar and caffeine, so this was hitting the spot. You're welcome. I don't want this place to turn into some gentrified hipster hotspot. They all shuddered at the thought. Alright, now tell me everything you know about Catra. Mainly, is she queer and is she single? After she'd finished dishing with Spinnerella and Atasa, Glimmer headed to her office to get some work done but she decided to pay the water park a visit later. Under the guise of visiting Bao at work, she hoped to cross paths with Mermista. People always seemed to give her the newest town gossip, maybe because she usually responded with such disinterest and they were hoping to get a reaction. And maybe because she didn't repeat what she'd heard unless someone directly asked the right questions. Either way, she was hoping Marmista would have some more information on this hot, mysterious stranger. Across town, Catra was prowling around Dragon's Daughter Four, looking for any areas that needed additional attention before she started taping the outline for the stencil. She was hoping to get all the prep done so she could get the first layer of paint on before Frosta showed up. The teen was usually pretty predictable in the times she showed up, though it tended to differ depending on the day of the week. Catra assumed she was skipping certain classes but since Frosta aggressively refused to talk about school and no parental figures had shown up and accused Catra of kidnapping, she was fine with letting things go as they were. She had started slipping cash into the teen's bag once a week though, correctly assuming that any offers of official employment would be rejected. The timing of her plan mostly succeeded, and she was done with the initial coat of paint by the time Frosta arrived, though she was still in her coveralls with the respirator hanging around her neck. Both garage doors were open and she had a few floors fans going, so the fumes were mostly cleared out. The teenager crossed her arms and raised her eyebrows as she checked out the work in progress, clearly impressed but unwilling to admit it. Ready for some fun in the sun? Catra asked and then immediately scowled. Sorry, I hate that I just said that. It never happened, Frosta said, with an actual smile. Cool. Let me get changed and grab my stuff. You want to lock the place up? Sure. At least Bao will probably be there today. So I can talk to him while you shamelessly flirt with Mermista. Catra flashed her a grin as she turned to go. Hopefully in front of Seahawk, am I right? Frosta just shook her head in mock disappointment. Grown-ups. True to her word, once they got to the water park, Frosta quickly went off to find this Bao person, leaving Mermista and Catra alone and eyeing each other. Do you have time to give me that special tour you mentioned? Catra asked, her smile showing just a brief glint of sharp teeth. Mamista's eyebrows raised fractionally, but otherwise she remained unruffled. Sure. It's not as exciting on a normal weekday, but we do some adult swim nights in the summer. It's 21 plus and it's been pretty popular. Alcohol and water slides? Sounds a little dangerous. Marmista crossed her arms and smirked. Oh, I made everyone sign a detailed waiver. So far the only one to hurt themselves is Seahawk. Shall we? They had made it through most of the place, past several big water features, slides of various sizes, and a small arcade area which included a bar. You know, I never thought I'd say this about a water park, but this place is kind of classy. Most places are just like cesspits filled with children's urine. I was definitely not down with that vibe. Yeah, that doesn't really seem like your idea of fun, Catra murmured, managing to land enough seductive emphasis to make Mermista turn and stare at her speculatively. Catra stared right back, interested in where this silent standoff would go. Finally, Mermista crossed her arms and said, in an amused tone, You're hot. And you're charming. But I think you know that already. One thing I'm not as humble, so I have no choice but to agree with you, was her response, complete with a shrug and a smile. And if you want to go make out in an empty office somewhere, I'm absolutely into that. I'm sensing there's a—but—coming, though. Mermista's dark eyes took her in slowly once more, and the smallest hint of a smirk spread across her lips. Oh, I definitely want to make out with you. But see, Hawk is doing work for you, you're doing work for him. And honestly, I'll probably be asking you to do some custom work for me too once I see Hawk's truck in all its glory. It just gets really complicated really fast with all the entanglements or whatever, and I just don't have the energy for it. Heard. But you know, keep me in mind for any hot friends who are interested in entanglements. Heard. Now, tell me more about these adult swim nights you do. They made it through the whole place, chatting amiably, with Catra even managing to, almost, make Mermista laugh a few times. As they were heading back towards the entrance, Catra mentioned that she needed to find Frosta. I think it's hilarious that Glimmer's little cousin is like your mini-me now. Please don't say that in front of her. It's actually been pretty cool having her around. Catra paused and then added, yeah, don't tell her I said that either. I've got you. Come on, she's probably in the workshop with Bao. Catra followed her to a single-story building tucked behind the office area by the entrance. The inside was mostly open with workbenches and tables in the center and shelves of tools and equipment around the walls. One side was clearly Seahawk's workspace, identifiable by the clutter and some smoke stains on the walls. The rest of the work area was well organized and clean with what looked like toys and small pieces of machinery in various states of assembly and repair. In a back corner at a long table, Frosta was sitting next to a man who Catra assumed was Bao. They were going back and forth excitedly, Bao brandishing something in his hand while Frosta waved a comic book in his face. Mermista cleared her throat and they both turned in their seats. Frosta beckoned her over aggressively and said with an uncharacteristic amount of excitement, Catra, check this out. Bao is helping me make some upgrades to my miniature. Bemused, she wandered over to check out what they were working on. She found them examining a small, mostly blue figurine through a large magnifying glass mounted on the desk. This is Frostbite Winter's Bane. Bao just helped me add an ice fist to one of her arms. Catra choked back her instinctive response of, Nerds and instead said in a neutral tone, Nice. Glad you found something to do. Then she turned to bow and extended a hand. I'm Catra. He stared back at her somewhat warily, shook her hand briefly, and muttered, Nice to meet you. Then he turned his back on her, and continued to fidget with the miniature. Since Catra was pretty sure she hadn't actually said anything insulting out loud, yet, she looked over at Frosta, puzzled by his reaction. Frosta's expression indicated that this was surprising behavior from Bao. Her typical response to being snubbed would be to shrug and walk away, tossing a flippant, jackass, over her shoulder as she left. However, she was still trying to make a good impression on Mermista and not alienate her teen buddy, so she decided to actually make an effort. She injected a layer of warmth into her voice and tried again. So, did you make all of this? you must be pretty handy. I mostly work on the equipment that runs the rides, whatever Seahawk can't take care of, and I keep the arcade games up and running. His answer was brief, but his tone wasn't cold. Frosta seemed to catch on to what she was doing and interjected. Bao also makes really cool toys, like custom water guns and stuff. Behind Bao's back, she gestured to Katra and then pointed at the next table over. Katra followed her lead and wandered closer. Wow, these are really cool. I bet my friend Entrapta would be really into these. She's great with tech and anything mechanical, really. Now Bao spun to face her and couldn't help keep the excitement out of his voice. Your friends with Entrapta? I ran into her the other day and we had this really cool conversation, but then she just kind of ran off. Yeah, she's one of my best friends. We moved here together from Fright City actually. I could set up a hangout if you'd like. She can be hard to pin down. That would be so cool. Bao burst out, then tried to dial back his enthusiasm with mixed success. I mean, if it wouldn't be too much trouble. No trouble at all. Always happy to find her new, smart people to talk to. Come by my shop sometime. I can get you her contact info. Okay, uh, thanks Catra. Sure thing. Frosta, are you ready to go? I need to get that next coat of paint on Seahawk's truck before I finish up for the day. Frosta hopped up and grabbed her miniature from Bao. Ready. They said their goodbyes to Bao and Mermista and headed out. Catra waited until they were in her car to ask. What was up back there with Bao? Frosta gave an elaborate shrug. No clue. He's literally the nicest person I know. He actually listens to Seahawks stories, he brings people soup when they're sick, he puts up with Glimmer's complaining. He seemed more chill by the end though, right? Yeah, I guess so. Getting him to talk about his work was a smart move. Beauty and brains, what can I say? She got the anticipated eye roll in response. Chapter 6. The Plot Thickens Glimmer hopped out of her pink Mini Cooper and headed into the water park, dodging the late afternoon flow of customers. She popped into the office first and found Mermista sitting at her computer, typing furiously. The other woman looked up, gave her a nod, and focused back on her screen saying, Bao was in the arcade working on that whack-a-crab game again last time I saw him. Okay, thanks. Glimmer hesitated. Mermista kept typing. I was actually hoping to talk to you. The clatter of the keyboard stopped and Mermista looked up. Okay, but make it quick. I have to finish this grant application. For the new community center? Yeah, obviously. So what's up? Okay, I need to hear more about that later, but right now, I was actually wondering if you know anything about Katra. Mermista's expression shifted from bored and slightly annoyed to bored and slightly amused. What do you want to know about her? Just, what is she like? Her friend leaned back in her desk chair faint amusement morphing into a full smirk. Let's see, she's hot and she knows it. She's more charming than she needs to be. Quick on the uptake. And from what I hear, she's got away with cars. And, as far as I can tell, she's super queer. And single. Or at least close enough. Glimmer stifled a squeal and asked. Wait, how exactly do you know about how hot and charming she is? Before Mermista could answer, Bao walked through the doorway, and stopped abruptly. Oh, Bao! Hi! I was just about to come and find you. With a strained smile, Bao replied, And here you are in Mermista's office, talking about Catra, right? His voice trailed off at the end, there was a pause, and then he muttered, Still. Glimmer's brow furrowed in confusion, and she stared at Bao, unsure of how to respond. Unnoticed by either of them, Myrmista's eyes were lazily moving back and forth between them as if she was trying to figure something out. When Bao didn't say anything, Glimmer forged ahead. Do you want to go out for drinks with me tonight? I'm having dinner with my parents, but we could meet up after that. Her best friend looked remarkably unenthusiastic. Um, you know, I think I'm busy tonight. But maybe we could do a rain check? Busy? Busy with what? I'm just really tired. Let's meet up another time. I should get back to work. I'll see you later. With a half-hearted wave, he turned and left the building. Glimmer stared in shock, and upon recovering, turned to Mermista. What was that? Did something happen today that I don't know about? Mermista shrugged. I'll leave you to figure that out. Then she started typing again, utterly ignoring the still flabbergasted Glimmer. Eventually, the pink-haired woman muttered, What the hell? and left the building to head home. As she was leaving, Murmista called out, If you want to know about Catra, maybe ask your little cousin. The two of them seemed like their pals. What the hell? After work, Adora sat down for a video chat with her twin brother. He was always the first person she shared big stuff with, especially because he always seemed to know something was up and got in touch with her to ask about it. He called it a twin thing, and after all these years of seeing it in action, she believed him. Adora, hi. It's good to see your face. Hey, bro. How are things? Really good. Still in the running for that promotion at work, and I think Tila is planning a surprise for my birthday. First off, whose birthday? Her brother rolled his eyes and replied in a sing-song tone. Our birthday. Never forget it. And second... Our birthday isn't for like six months. Yeah, but we're turning 30. Gotta go big. Speaking of going big. You have news. I knew it. I could feel it. He pulled his phone closer to his face, and now Adora was staring into matching blue eyes. Tell me. Her responding tone was sheepish. The big news is, I'm moving back to Bright Moon. Adam had just taken a long chug of water and now he spit it everywhere as he yelped. What? Bright moon! Why? She couldn't respond at first, because she was laughing too hard at her brother's spit take. When she could finally speak again, her first words were, That has got to be in the top ten. Growing up, Adora had a habit of waiting until Adam had just taken a drink, and then would say wildly inappropriate things in her patented... Grandpa voice. Adam rarely escaped, ending up spitting liquid everywhere. Eventually he'd stopped choking and had wiped up the spilled water. I asked again, why would you move back there? It's boring as hell. I know, I know, she responded, practically whining. But I got a great job offer from their fire department. I'll basically be running the department with oversight from the captain. But he's in charge of several local departments. So he won't have time to micromanage me. And it would mean a promotion to lieutenant, which will never happen if I stay where I am. Oh, Lieutenant Grayskull. Sounds like a villainous sidekick. He dropped his voice into a deep, ominous tone. Lieutenant Grayskull, we meet at last. Prepare to meet your doomed Prince Adam, Adora replied, playing along. I will strike you down with my mighty fire axe. No way you have an axe, you're totally a sword lesbian. Their conversation briefly devolved into bickering about this imaginary scenario before Adam steered them back on track. So, when do you move? I just gave my notice at work, and I'm moving next month. Send me the dates. I can come help you move. You don't have to do that. Pass up an opportunity to lift heavy things with you. Who are you kidding? Besides, I'm kind of interested to see if anything about Bright Moon has changed. I really, really hope it has, Adora said with a deep sigh. Oh, except for the pizza place. I hope that's still there and hasn't become a Domino's or something. Orlandia's Pizza Express? Adam asked, eyes widening with excitement. Home of the Maximum Mushroom, they managed to shout together. I don't even like mushrooms, but that pizza was the bomb. Adora added. So okay, maybe there's one thing to look forward to. Oh man, what about the sketchy bar we tried to sneak into? The crimson waist? I'd bet I could have pulled it off if you hadn't acted like such a dork and tried to use that fake deep voice. Yeah, well you were the one who decided to wear that baggy coat and weird hat like you were a terrible spy. Not subtle at all. Have I ever been subtle, bro? Absolutely not. Her brother laughed. Their conversation went on for a while with reminiscing about high school, mostly the trouble that Adora got them into and Adam talked them out of. It ended with her brother reiterating his promise to help her move. After they hung up, she texted him the dates. It would be interesting to be back in bright moon together for the first time since they were teenagers. By the time Glimmer got to the bar that night, she was in a shit mood. Bao hadn't responded to a series of texts she'd sent him, her mother had asked her several pointed questions about her, future plans, during dinner, and Frosta wouldn't shut up about how Bao had helped her with her miniature. She stalked inside and took a seat at the bar, ignoring everyone else in the place as she got out her phone. Sensing her dark mood, Kyle approached even more tentatively than usual. Hi Glimmer! What can I get you? Vodka tonic! And you better not use that paint thinner rail vodka. sure. Right away. Kyle delivered the drink and scampered away as soon as he'd collected the cash she tossed onto the bar. She scrolled through her phone, noting that Bao still hadn't responded to her or said anything in the group chat for several hours. What could he possibly be busy doing that she wouldn't know about? He had to be lying to her, but why? Her frustration increased to the point that she almost texted Frosty to ask if she knew of anything that happened to Bao that day but figured there was a 50-50 chance that she'd just get a middle finger emoji back. It was Frosty's standard response. Earlier when she texted her cousin to ask about how she knew Catra, the response was, Who? Followed a few minutes later by, I just know all the cool people I guess. Then 15 minutes later, the middle finger emoji. She downed the drink quickly and motioned impatiently to Kyle, who had clearly been avoiding her end of the bar. His tone was soft as he approached. Another vodka tonic? No. I'm switching to beer. Okay, great. He responded, giving her a totally fake smile before backing away and towards the taps. When he was sure that her eyes were glued to her phone, he sent a quick text to his boyfriend Rogelio. Kyle Glimmer is at the bar and just ordered a beer. Face screaming in fear. Buff BF shit. Let me know if you need backup. Kyle will do. Good vibes please. Folded hands. All the bartenders in town feared the nights when Glimmer Bright Moon ordered beer. It only happened when she was in a terrible mood, and somehow was the catalyst for bad behavior. The last time it had happened at the Crimson Waste was the year before after she'd had a huge public fight with her mom. She'd ended up locked in a broom closet to sleep it off after breaking a bottle of tequila on the bar and threatening to cut a bitch. If Lonnie had been there, she would simply have refused to serve the beer. But Kyle knew he couldn't stand up to glimmer or anyone, so with a sigh, he filled a pint glass with a local amber ale. He placed it gently in front of her like a peace offering, but her only response was a scowl and another tossed wad of money. Kyle took it and walked away, serving a few other patrons before Glimmer's violent arm-waving caught his attention again. To his dismay, she'd already drained her glass. Another one! This time, he decided to give her the beer with the lowest ABV, hoping this might prevent a repeat of her last beer adventure. Catra was sitting in a corner of the crimson waist that she'd come to favor, sipping on some whiskey. From her vantage point, she had a good view of both the entrance and the bar while remaining mostly out of view. She'd been texting back and forth with Scorpia and idly observing the patrons. Currently sitting at the bar was a pink-haired woman who she'd recognized immediately. Katra, guess who just walked in? Scorpia, oh, who? Catra, your Instagram idol glitter. Scorpia, you know her name is Glimmer. Also, Smiling face with hard eyes are you going to talk to her? Katra doubted. She seems pissed. Scorpia, I wonder why. Katra don't know. Don't care. A few minutes passed before Scorpia replied. Scorpia, her latest IG post is just a picture of a beer with a bunch of hashtags that I don't get. Like hashtag bad hashtag mood #moodbeer. Katra still don't care probably gonna head home soon. I'll catch you later. Scorpia, be safe. Sparkling heart. Katra tucked her phone away and finished the last sip of whiskey in her glass. Despite her words to Scorpia, she was actually a little bit interested. Glimmer seemed to be a conduit to the queer heartbeat of bright moon, and she did plan to introduce herself at some point. Though, this might not be the right time. She stood up and was considering whether to go to the bar to get another drink, and maybe even say a quick hello to Glimmer when the other woman abruptly stood up and hurled a mostly full pint glass into the wall of the bar where it shattered in a satisfying explosion of glass and foam. Light like beer, you asshole! She was screaming. It tastes like garbage! The bartender quaked with fear. Catra was impressed, and when the tiny dynamo suddenly whirled and caught her staring, she tossed off her biggest. Hey girl, smirk and slowly crossed her arms. The immediate reaction she got was intriguing, and then the other woman was marching towards her, scowl melting somewhat as she got right up in Katra's space. Problem? You tell me sparkles. It's glimmer, came the response through clenched teeth. Really? Fuck you, isn't your name Katra? Her voice dropped into a lower, sultrier tone. So you've heard of me? Glimmer was trying to play it cool and match Catra's slouching posture. Maybe. Katra shifted minutely closer. Glimmer didn't move away. They stood staring at each other until in a bored tone, Glimmer said, So, are we doing this? Katra's gaze dropped and moved slowly back up the other woman's body. Then she pounced, slamming Glimmer back into a table and knocking over two bar stools in a noisy clatter. From behind the bar where he was still forlornly cleaning up broken glass came an anguished yelp from Kyle. Then their lips met and Glimmer was shoving her back, smashing them into another table and sending an ashtray flying. Kyle squealed. Please don't break anything else. It was hard to tell if the resulting whirlwind was a physical altercation or a makeout session. One wide-mouthed man dropped an entire bottle of beer on the floor as he stared in awe at the display. Another patron was so distracted that they tripped and fell over a trash can knocking its contents to the floor where they also landed in a crumpled heap. Finally, as if reaching some unspoken agreement, the mayhem paused and the two women exited the bar. Cow breathed a sigh of relief as the door swung shut behind them. Lonnie's gonna kill me, he muttered, taking in the devastation of the room. The next evening, in the back office of the bar, Lani and Natasha were watching a TV with rapt attention. Okay, wait for it, this is my favorite part, Lani was saying, pointing at the screen with the neck of her beer bottle. Natasha's eyes widened and she watched Katra basically body-slamming glimmer into a table. Dom. I know, right? This is better than pay-per-view. She offered Natasha a bowl of popcorn and they both crunched away for a moment watching the rest of the scene on screen the door slammed shut and Kyle stood behind the bar gaping at the aftermath when i got in that night to help close Kyle was still cleaning up i thought he was going to cry i could barely get him to string together two words so i had to review the security footage to see what actually happened and found this masterpiece check it out there's another angle from the second camera they watched the scene play out from a different direction and it was no less impressive. Lonnie paused the playback and crossed her arms. To be honest, I didn't think Limmer had it in her. Natasha took another drink. Oh, I'm not surprised. She's got that angry femme energy. And now she's caught the eye of the hot new girl in town. Damn, I should have made a bet with Spinny about who Catra would hook up with first. Missed opportunity, Lonnie teased. Though we could still bet on who Catra gets together with next. You know this town is all one big queer poly puddle. Present company excluded. No judgment from me. I'm just too old for all that shit. Whatever grandma. You in? Do I ever turn down a bet? You know, I could bet on you, just to be an asshole. Nice try. You know I currently have my hands full with my boys. They both sat thinking for a few minutes. Okay, I've got it, Natasha finally said. Mermista. Damn, that's who I was thinking. Fine. I'm gonna go with Starla. Interesting. Those are basically two opposite personalities. We'll see how this goes. They clink their bottles together, and then Lani gave Natasa a mischievous smirk. Wanna watch it again? Hell yeah. But this time, started from when Glimmer throws her drink. Chapter 7 Operation Scorpion Adora had just finished tossing a bag of old clothes into the bed of her truck when her phone went off. A look at the screen showed an incoming call from her sister-in-law Tila, and she answered in a bright tone. Hey Bay, What's up? Adora. You're moving. What the hell, dude? Why did I have to hear this from your brother? Shit, yeah? I've been meaning to call you. We're talking now. Tell me everything. I swear, it's not that exciting. You are moving across the country to do a job that assigns an actual rank. And you'll be just a road trip distance away. Not even like a multi-day road trip, either. Like one semi-long drive. Obviously it's exciting. A grin broke across Adora's face. She'd been missing Tila a lot. The two of them had become good friends immediately upon Adam introducing them. Tila was proudly bisexual and sometimes teased Adam by saying he was lucky she met him first. Adam took the teasing good-naturedly and pointed out that she just must have a thing for tall, incredibly attractive blondes. Okay, fine. It is exciting. I look forward to getting in trouble in a new city with you. Hell yeah. Though, I did a little research on Bright Moon. Not sure city is the right word. Maybe town is more appropriate. Whatever. If it's too boring there, I'll just come visit you. Seems pretty gay though at least. I mean, there's a whole blog called Gay Bright Moon. Huh, maybe I should do some research too, Adora said. It would be pretty epic if there were at least a few single lesbians in town. Being a firefighter was usually intriguing to the ladies. Hopefully it worked just as well in Bright Moon as it had other places. Teela's voice broke into this daydream. Speaking of visiting, once you're settled in, I want to come visit. I want to see this place where you and Adam grew up. Maybe he can even come along. That sounds awesome. I'll be sure to scope out any cool spots. Hopefully there are some. Deal. Now tell me more about this new job. The silence was getting oppressive. A bead of sweat trickled down the back of her neck as her hands slowly reached out. In one smooth move she flipped the switch, and the air compressor roared to life. As she shut it off, Entrapta's gleeful screech sounded behind her. Aha! It works! Katra gave the previously non-functional air compressor a glare, and then turned back to her friend. Thank you. Yet again you've saved my ass. You're welcome. It would be a shame for anything to happen to your ass. Uh, yeah? With a shake of her head, Katra handed over a box of powdered mini donuts and a bottle of Mountain Dew. Your payment, as promised. Now, do you want to hear my plan? I agreed to listen, though I must once again emphasize that Scorpia needs only the tiniest pretext for moving to Bright Moon. Entrapta stuffed three mini donuts into her mouth in a puff of powdered sugar. And then mumbled. Why don't you just ask her to move here? Odds are excellent that she would say yes. A gusty sigh greeted her question. I know that. But if she moves here and isn't happy, or can't find a job, it would be my fault. Entrapped a gulped down Mountain Dew, swallowed, nodded sagely, and replied. Oh, I see. You want to create an ideal situation for Scorpia prior to her relocation to Bright Moon. Then she can enjoy a seamless transition which will also help assuage your guilt for leaving her behind. Exactly. I think there are several categories to take into consideration. My past experiences with Scorpia indicate that the top areas of focus should be relationships, living situation, and career, in that order. Catra could tell that her friend was really getting into the plan now as she pulled out her phone and began rapidly typing something. It could also be the huge amount of sugar and caffeine she'd put away in the past five minutes. Suddenly, Entrapta thrust her phone into Katra's face, nearly smashing her in the nose. See, I can help with one of these issues. Katra pushed the phone backwards so she could actually see the screen. It was a listing for a two-bedroom apartment. I propose that Scorpia and I live together in this apartment. Hordak has been suggesting that I move out of the garage, and all past data indicates that Scorpia would prefer not to live alone. Okay, that's great and I have some ideas about your other two categories. She stopped to think about her strategy as Entrapta stared at her with interest from an inappropriately short distance away. All right, Trap. Don't say anything to Scorpia about the apartment yet. Let me talk to a few people first. Affirmative. She stood outside the door and rolled her shoulders a few times, trying to somehow prepare for this upcoming conversation. Ever since accidentally becoming a member of the gym, Catra found herself there more often than she'd anticipated. The punching bag and pull-up bars she had installed in her apartment were good for stress relief, but she'd found making measurable strength gains kind of addictive, and it gave her something to talk to Scorpia about during their near-daily phone calls. The only drawback was having to see Huntera so frequently. The owner seemed to always be there and never failed to have a condescending smirk ready to level at her. Plus, the woman seemed unaffected by either sarcasm or seduction, leaving Catra without her two most powerful tools. Today, she found Huntera in the back corner doing squats. The larger woman saw her approach in the mirror and grunted out, Hey kitty, before dipping down and back up with perfect form. Catra's teeth ground together at this now familiar nickname, but she had no recourse against a woman who could apparently squat three of her with relative ease. Do you have a minute? Huntera ignored her to do a few more reps before resting the bar on the rack and turning to grab her towel. After wiping the sweat from her face, she regarded Catra. I always have time for paying members. Great. She ignored the dig and took a deep breath. I have a friend who's a personal trainer, and I was wondering if you'd potentially have a job for her here. You got a photo of this friend? Katra raised an eyebrow, and Huntera rolled her eyes. Not like that kitty. I just need to make sure she's not scrawny like you. Biting back her annoyance once again, she pulled out her phone and found a recent photo of her and Scorpia where her friend was in a tank top, muscles prominently displayed. Huntera looked closely. Hmm, all right, built like a freight train and real gay looking. Both points in her favor. Bring her in to meet me sometime and we'll see. It physically hurt Catra to utter the next words. Thank you, Huntera. I'll do that. Then she darted away to do inclined crunches, hoping that the resulting pain in her abs would somehow counteract how polite she'd just been to her bright moon nemesis. Later, she was absently working on some sketches with her phone next to her, listening to Scorpio ramble on about her day. She shifted in her stool and was only partially successful at holding in a pained groan. She'd definitely gone a little too hard after her conversation with Huntera, and her body was already reminding her. Wildcat? Are you okay? Did you hurt yourself? Oh my gosh, are you bleeding? Chill, big girl. I just did way too many crunches today, and now I'm paying for it. Her friend's voice immediately shifted from concern to pride. I'm so impressed with you. I know how much you hate the gym, but a good base of strength is so important. Before Scorpia could launch into one of her favorite motivational speeches about why her besties should exercise more, her top two were Bone Health Matters and Girls Love Muscles, Katra cut in. I can totally take you to the gym when you visit. I think you'd really like it. By the way, when are you coming to visit? Thankfully her phone was a decent distance away from her ear because the volume of Scorpia's excited response would have blown out her eardrum. I'm so glad you asked. I didn't want to intrude while you were getting settled in, but I'd love to reunite the super pal trio. I could come this weekend. Is that too soon? If it's too soon, that's okay. No, that's perfect. Let me find you a place in town to stay since Entrapta currently lives in a garage and I live above one. Thanks, Wildcat. This is gonna be so great. As her friend continued to gush about the upcoming visit, Katra muted her phone and texted Entrapta. Katra, Operation Scorpion is a go. She'll be in town this weekend. Entrapta affirmative. I will commence Operation Apartment. Katra. It's all just Operation Scorpion. We don't need separate operations. Intrapta understood. A few minutes later, while Scorpia was still talking through her excitement, Intrapta texted again. Intrapta: Apartment viewing scheduled for 12:30 PM on Saturday. Katra thumbs up. Intrapta: thumbs up thumbs up. Katra waited until there was a pause in Scorpia's speed talking and cut in. Would you be able to make it out here on Friday night? We could go out and grab a drink to toast your return to Bright Moon. I'd love that wild cat. Can we go to that bar you've told me about? It's the only real bar in Bright Moon, so yeah? Don't worry, I'll take you to all the places. During several more minutes of excited exclamations from Scorpia, Catra shot off another quick text. Katra, Scorpia will get here Friday night and we're all doing drinks entrapped thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up and you can introduce me to your new love interest i can't believe you're dating the princess of bright moon please don't refer to her as princess anything and also we're not dating okay i get it taking things slow but you are in a lot of her instagram photos now if i promise to introduce you to her will you drop it sure oh you have to introduce me to everyone though it's so exciting to see my bestie as the newest member of Hashtag Gay Catra groaned, but let Scorpia talk about her new, local celebrity, status. She knew if she cut her off now, her friend was liable to shift into a sadder take about not being part of Catra's new life. She muted her phone again and started looking up local BNBS. When she saw that Plumeria Farms rented rooms in an old farmhouse on the property she grinned. Maybe Operation Scorpion was going to be easier than she thought. The next day, Catra was pulling into a gravel driveway and parking next to a faded Plumeria Farms sign. After talking with Scorpia the previous day, she'd called and checked to see if any rooms were available, which thankfully there were. Under the pretext of wanting a tour, Catra had arranged to meet with Perfuma. Stepping out of the car and flipping off her sunglasses— she noted the small office-slash-shop and the larger farmhouse a short distance past it. The air smelled sweet and was buzzing with the sound of bees. Before she could take more then. A few steps, a tall, willowy woman with flowing blonde hair and equally flowing dress came strolling out to greet her with a sweet smile. You must be Catra. It's so good of you to visit. Thanks for taking the time. Perfuma took one of her hands with both of hers and stood there holding it as she gazed at her somewhat spacily. There was a strong smell of weed lingering around the other woman, and Catra considered it lucky that Scorpia didn't seem to have an issue with recreational drug use. Oh, you have a very powerful aura. Hmm, but I'm sensing some blockage in your heart chakra. i do a grounding meditation class here on Thursdays if— Considering everything Perfuma was saying made Catra feel slightly nauseous. Her reply was remarkably polite. No. I mean, I love a tour. I just need to get back to work soon. Oh, of course. It's so dedicated to you to transform that empty shell into a vibrant artistic space. Ah, uh, yes. Speaking of art. If you ever want a new sign commissioned, I notice yours is looking a little... Drab. I know, but time fades us all. For no discernible reason, Perfuma folded her hands together and bowed slightly at the sign and then at Catra. Now let me take you on a tour of my beautiful plot of land. I can also show you the available rooms and you can decide which has the best energy for you. That would be great. It took a few more minutes of walking around the property with Perfuma pointing out patches of berries, the vegetable garden, and stands of fruit trees before Catra regained enough equilibrium to enact the next phase of her plan. So, the room I'm wanting to rent, you mean, exist harmoniously in return for a small fee? Perfuma interrupted gently. Ah, right. Anyway, it's not for me, it's for my next friend Scorpia. She's visiting this weekend and unfortunately my living space isn't conducive to guests. She looked sideways at Perfuma and continued in an innocent tone. Oh, I think maybe you met her when we visited a couple months ago. At the coffee shop? Oh, yes, of course I remember her. She was so helpful, and kind, and strong. Unseen by Perfuma, Catra smirked. She really is great. And all of those things. Anyway, I think she's been feeling a little down since Entrapta and I moved here. She and I were roommates, and we all used to hang out together all the time. And now that she's all alone there, just a single girl without her best friends. Oh, really? Single? And just like that, the bait was taken. Catra maintained her even, casual tone as they continued to chat, but on the inside she was rubbing her hands together gleefully. They continued on the tour, with Catra occasionally dropping other hints about Scorpia's interests and how much she'd enjoyed her last visit to Bright Moon. By the end, Catra had rented a room and Perfuma had promised to make Scorpia feel absolutely welcome and cared for. Back in her car, she texted Entrapta. Catra, the final phase of Operation Scorpion has been initiated. Entrapta, is that Operation Farmhouse? Katra, I told you, it's all just Operation Scorpion. Entrapta, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Chapter 8 Super Pal Trio Her face was inches away from the screen as she tried to figure out what didn't look quite right with the layout of her latest blog post. She was so absorbed that when someone said, Hey Sailor Moon, practically next to her ear, she had butted the monitor, sending it teetering on the edge of the desk. As she yelped, grabbed her head, and tried not to fall out of her chair, a long arm reached past her and saved the monitor from crashing to the floor. She turned with a growl, What do you want, DT? As usual, the response was mocking and dramatic. Oh, ouch. Is that any way to greet a friend? We aren't friends. Glimmer ground out between clenched teeth. Hmm, now why do I always forget that? Because you live to torment me and everyone else in Bright Moon? Glimmer replied with a sigh, leaning back in her chair. DT tossed their long, blonde hair and smiled back mockingly. We may not be friends. But we've always admired each other's love of gossip, have we not? Now Glimmer sat up, looking more interested. You only come by in person when it's something big. Now, dish. I am loving this toppy energy, DT answered, perching on a nearby chair. After a dramatic pause that had Glimmer narrowing her eyes again, they finally spoke. I happened to hear an interesting tidbit as I passed by the fire station today. Glimmer scoffed. You passed by the fire station? No one passes by there. It's at the edge of town and almost everything around it is empty buildings. And I know you don't take long walks in those shoes. DT coquettishly kicked up one high-heeled boot and examined it. Fine, you caught me. I may perhaps be having a dalliance with a burly young fireman. Despite herself, Glimmer looked interested, but DT quickly cut off her line of questioning with a wave of their hand. Now, now, that's a story for another time. One where we have drinks in our hands. Back to my news. Though, they paused again and favored Glimmer with a wicked smile. I would happily listen to some details about your hot new companion. A mechanic, right? Go in the little blue collar, are we? A lady doesn't kiss and tell. Unless you buy me whiskey. Now spill. I just so happened to hear that there's a new firefighter coming to town. Or, should I say, coming back to town? I don't know what that means. And who cares? DT pressed a hand against their heart. Who cares? I'm shocked and appalled. I thought, like me, you were always on the lookout for some new eye candy. If you can prove to me that you're talking about eye candy, then I'm interested. DT leaned forward and said in a conspiratorial tone. I have two words for you, darling. Adore a gray skull glimmer gasped and fell off her chair it turned out that scorpia didn't get into town early enough on friday night to have drinks but catra had called ahead to let perfuma know and apparently the woman had been waiting with a cup of chamomile tea when scorpia had finally arrived at plumeria farms and it was even made from chamomile that she grew herself the three of them were at cloud wives cafe and catra had been patiently listening to her friend gush about how cute her room was how good the pillowcase smelled, homemade lavender spray apparently, and how kind perfuma was for at least fifteen minutes now. Uncharacteristically, Entrapta was listening avidly, and even nodding at mostly appropriate moments. From the not-subtle glances that she kept giving Catra, it seemed at her. Attentiveness was because Operation Scorpion was in progress and doing well. Entrapta did love having a mission. Now, As Scorpia named all the different types of flowers in the vase in her room, Entrapta made an odd whirling motion with one hand. Out of Scorpia's line of sight, Catra raised her eyebrows and shrugged. Entrapta made an exaggerated show of slapping her watch and nodding slowly. The oddity of that pantomime caught Scorpia's eye and she trailed off. Honeysuckle, black-eyed Susans, wait, are you okay, buddy? Yes, I was just—oh, look, it's the hippie woman. Scorpia swiveled around so fast she almost shouldered Katra off of the couch. Perfuma had just walked in the door, and there was a broad smile on her face directed at Scorpia. I'm just going to, um, go say hi. As their friend departed to Converse, Katra slid closer to Entrapta. What was all that arm waving about? Oh, I was just trying to indicate that it was almost time to leave for the apartment viewing. I planned a walking route that will take us past several of the spots considered to be the cutest in the town, which means that Scorpia should be enamored with them. Good thinking. Have you said anything to her about the apartment yet? Negative. The details of the plan that you presented to me did not include whether to reveal anything ahead of time. Okay, great. Here's what we should do. You say that we're going to see an apartment you're interested in, and then, if it's nice, talk up the good qualities to Scorpia, but also imply that you can't afford it alone, and would rather live with someone. By imply, you mean suggest as true? As I currently have no accurate long-term projections regarding my finances, that is truth versus implication. Yes, right? Okay, she's coming back. Just try to convey that you'd be happy with her as your roommate without giving away our plan. I will do my best. Now Scorpio rejoined them, her cheeks slightly flushed. So, Perfuma invited me to have dinner with her at the farm tonight. I didn't think we had any plans, so I said yes, but I can definitely cancel if you did plan something. No. No, that's great. Um, I have dinner plans already. Okay. That is great. I mean, it's that you have a social life here. We should all get a drink together later, though. I promise you a trip to the Crimson Waste. Absolutely Wildcat. So, what else are we up to today? Now, Entrapta jumped in. If the two of you could come with me, I'm going to look at an apartment. I would really value your opinions. Catra gave her a stealthy thumbs up. Oh, sure. Happy to help was Scorpia's predictable response. They were bustled out into the street by Entrapta, who then gestured to the right. Let's go this way. The other two hurried to catch up as their friend zipped off, pointing emphatically at things on either side of the street. The apartment was spacious with a lot of natural light and a surprising amount of counter space. Once they'd gotten there, Catra had faded into the background and let Starla walk Entrapta through all the features since Entrapta had a tight grip on Scorpia's wrist, her larger friend was getting the full benefit of the tour as well. All of Entrapta's data points seemed to be perfectly accurate, because Scorpia's eyes were lighting up every time her friend loudly echoed something Starla had said, in unit washer and dryer, new dishwasher, small balcony, or pointed out other things that were seemingly too insignificant for the realtor to have talked about, smart thermostat, excellent water pressure and that it was allowable to grill in the communal yard space. Starla seemed a little confused as to why the apparent tenant was trying to sell her out-of-town friend on the space, but she valiantly continued her spiel. Once they'd gone through every inch of the space, she retired to the hallway to let them talk more privately. What do you think? Entrapta demanded as soon as the door had closed. This place is Great Trap, Katra answered from where she was lounging on the kitchen counter. I can't believe it even has two bathrooms. Yes, that is an added bonus, her friend replied. And what do you think, Scorpia? Because Katra had recently been trying to teach her how to be more subtle, instead of an unblinking stare directly at her subject of inquiry, Entrapta tried to make more casual eye contact. Basically, she just stared at a different random spot on the wall for a few seconds and then shifted her gaze to a different one. Catra wasn't sure if it was better or worse. Oh, um, it's really nice, buddy. I mean, like so nice. Pretty sure it's the opposite of our Fright City place. I agree. But can you afford this place? And would you want to live here by yourself? This place is so big, and I know you like kind of holding up. This was a polite way of saying that Entrapped tended to create a nest of empty food and drink containers crumpled papers and broken electronics and then mostly exist within it between that and her lack of any interest or skill when it came to cooking the amenities and spaciousness of the apartment seemed unnecessary on many levels the currently available rental spaces in bright moon are rather limited as it's a small market but all of them are superior to our building in fright city also this would be an adequate arrangement for having a roommate a roommate Scorpia exclaimed, sounding dumbfounded by the concept. Do you have someone in mind? Ideally someone familiar with me and accepting of my many quirks, and someone who is responsible and unlikely to violate any of the rules within the lease agreement. Entrapped to cut her eyes quickly over to Catra, who gave her a brief thumbs up and then motioned towards the door. Well, I guess I'll have to think about who would meet those criteria. Then she bounced out the door to tell Starla that she loved the apartment, but needed a few more days to think about it. After a moment, Catra followed, pausing only to say, This is a really nice place. She left Scorpia looking around with a rather dazed expression on her face. Later on, the three of them were at Catra's shop. She'd promised Scorpia she could meet Glimmer, but wanted to do the introduction in the most casual way possible and since her visiting friend had demanded to see the space anyway, she figured she'd kill two birds with one stone. This is an amazing wildcat! It looks so different! And so... cool! It was a transformation, that was true. Everything was as clean as an active car shop could get, and Catra had started hanging some of her artwork on the walls. A mixture of designs she'd done in the past, and some that she had yet to execute. The front desk area now looked like an actual reception space, mostly due to Frosta's efforts, and there was even a reasonably clean, salvaged couch that Glimmer had donated for the waiting area. You know what? Katra asked, glancing around with her hands on her hips. You're right. This is fucking cool. A laughing voice sounded from the doorway. Is someone talking about me? Hey, Glimmer, Katra replied in a fond tone with an added eye roll. As Glimmer walked over to Catra, Scorpia zipped over, standing with barely restrained excitement. After a quick kiss on the cheek, Catra presented her friends. This is Scorpia, the softest soft butch you'll ever meet. And Entrapta, the smartest techie nerd I know. Y'all, this is Glimmer. It's so nice to meet you. Scorpia gushed, sweeping Glimmer into a bone-crushing hug. Glimmer made an incoherent choking sound and Scorpia released her abruptly and took a step back. Oh, sorry. I'm a hugger, but I'm trying to get better about asking first. It's fine. Glimmer managed to gasp as her lungs are inflated. I'm just so excited to meet Katra's girlfriend. She's not my girlfriend. Katra and Glimmer managed to shout at the same time. Jinx. Glimmer managed to get out, just as Katra opened her mouth to say the same thing. Ha! I win. You owe me a Coke. Sure thing sparkles. In fact, I'll let you have your pick of anything in my vending machine. You sure know how to spoil a girl. Entrapta was looking back and forth between the two of them, eyes bright with interest. Fascinating. Quick to deny an official relationship, yet you clearly have chemistry and rapport. No need to analyze our trap. We're frenemies with benefits. That's all. Hmm. I'm not familiar with this phrase, but frenemy seems to be a portmanteau of friends, and enemies, which would be an oxymoron. Don't think about it too hard, buddy. You know the English language is more of an art than a science. Fair point. It is nice to meet you, my friend's frenemy. Nice to meet you, too, Glimmer said, cautiously reaching out to shake the extended hand encased in some kind of battered work glove. Having reached her limit for social interaction for the moment, Entrapta drifted away to sit on the couch and play on her phone. Catra spent a few minutes engaging in conversation, and then left Glimmer and Scorpia to chat about Bright Moon's social attractions and some of the events that were coming up in the fall. She joined Entrapta on the couch, and they gave each other a quick high-five. Thanks for all your help with Operation Scorpion. I definitely think it's working. My most recent calculations indicate an 82% success rate, and that number will most likely rise assuming a pleasant dinner with perfuma and a super-pal trio drinking engagement. I like those odds. Chapter 9, Bao Has Feelings Later that evening, Bao and Entrapta were sitting in the conference room at Entrapta's work. The only sounds were the rapid clicking of keys and the occasional tapping of a tiny paintbrush against the edge of an equally tiny paint container. Then a loud exclamation of—'Aha!'—shattered the near silence, and Bao almost fell backwards off his chair. ''Sorry!'' came an equally loud follow-up from Entrapta as she turned to quickly steady him. ''Did you figure something out?'' he asked once his balance had been restored. Yes, I think I've found a way to integrate my new application into your existing power grid. Once I finalize it, you should be able to remotely control some of your machinery. That would be amazing, Entrapta. We could save a lot of time and electricity if we didn't have to manually shut things on and off. I know. Entrapta drummed her heels against the floor and took a long slurp of her fizzy drink. Hordak will be pleased to be able to partner with a local business especially the one that uses the most energy in the whole town. Her attention was then distracted by the miniature Bao was holding. It had bright purple hair and a long dark coat that Bao was still adding purple accents to. Oh, that looks great. Thanks, Bao. You're welcome. I'm just excited to have another person to play D&D with. Lately it's just been me, Frosta, and the star siblings. Seahawk used to play but I had to ban him after he set the table on fire. Plus, he always ended up getting his paladin pointlessly slaughtered. Well, my elven artificer will happily join your party. I once convinced Scorpia and Catra to play with me, but Scorpia just wanted her character and Catra's to hang out together in taverns, and Catra just started constant fights with NPCs, so I had to find a new group to play with. Bao set down the miniature to dry and started putting away his painting accoutrements. After nervously chewing on his lip for a moment, he turned to Entrapta and asked, Can I talk to you about Katra for a minute? Entrapta looked up from the lines of code on her screen and blinked at him. I can't stop you from speaking. Sorry, I mean, I want to know if it's okay to ask you about Katra. I know she's your friend and I don't want to put you in a bad position or make it seem like you're talking behind her back. I would never say anything behind Katra's back that I wouldn't say to her front. Um, okay. He paused for a moment and considered how to communicate what he actually wanted to know. So, you know that Catra and Glimmer are dating. Catra has repeatedly stressed that she and Glimmer are not dating. Dot. Right. So, Catra and Glimmer are involved in some sort of non-platonic relationship. Agreed. Glimmer is my best friend. And I guess I just want to make sure that she isn't going to get hurt. I don't know anything about Katra really, so I was wondering if you could tell me about what she's like as a person. Entrapta sat and thought for a moment. I have collected a significant amount of data on Katra over the course of our friendship. Much of it would likely be irrelevant to this conversation, however. Do you have a more specific question? What is she like as a friend? Catra is an extremely loyal friend. She shows great care for the people close to her through the use of actions more than words. She's intelligent and driven and witty. She can also be impatient and self-destructive. And she wouldn't like being described this way, but she is actually very responsible. Does that help? I think so. Do you think she's a good person? Good and evil are relative concepts. I believe most people are made up of many shades of gray. To put it in D&D terms, I would consider Catra's alignment to be chaotic good, while mine is chaotic neutral and Scorpio's is lawful good. Thanks Entrapta. That does make sense. You're welcome. One more question. How do you think Catra feels about Glimmer? I believe Catra has genuine affection for Glimmer and enjoys her company. But her continued insistence that they are not dating leads me to believe that Catra does not see this becoming a serious romantic relationship. She hunched back down over her laptop and started scrolling through her code again, and Bao leaned back in his chair, thoughtful. He wasn't jealous by nature, and regardless of his own feelings, would never stand in the way of something that would make Glimmer happy. But maybe he needed to start showing Glimmer how he felt and let her decide what she wanted. Having finished the Thai food that Glimmer had brought over, she and Catra were now engaged in a make-out session on the couch. Abruptly, Glimmer pulled away. I think Bao is mad at me or something. What? Are we really doing this? You're right. Sorry. The kissing continued, and then stopped again. It's just, I keep thinking about it. With a groan, Catra flopped back against the arm of the couch. I thought we had an agreement. Glimmer groaned. I know, I know. We don't talk about feelings. But this is really bothering me. She glanced at Katra beseechingly. And I know you actually care. It took the other woman a few dragging seconds before her posture relaxed, and she mumbled a response. Duh. Of course I care about you sparkles. I just, I don't have feelings, okay? Now, Glimmer turned and faced her fully. What? Come on. Not even with your friends. Now the responding tone had a defensive edge. Look, that's just not me, okay? Scorpia does the feelings and the hugs. Entrapta does the logic and the data, and I... You what? I keep it real. I take care of people, just from a distance. And without a bunch of words, okay? Yeah, okay. I'm not trying to argue with you. Good. They sat silently for a minute. You can tell me your feelings about this Bao stuff, I guess. If you want. Glimmer clapped her hands together and grinned. Thank you. Okay, so it all started that day you took Frosta to the water park. Later, at the Crimson Waste, Catra was explaining the situation to her friends. And then she told me that Bao has been really distant ever since she started talking about me to him. But he's always nice enough to me. So, I don't get it. She took a long sip from her beer bottle and looked between her two friends. What do you think? Scorpia and Entrapta exchanged a look. It wasn't often that they were on the same page and Catra was lagging behind, but when it did happen, it was invariably about feelings. Entrapta was a keen observer and spent a lot of time cataloging human behavior. Scorpia just had so many feelings that she was good at identifying them in others. Katra had once joked that her feelings will contained only anger, pride, lust, and swagger. Kind of just sounds like you're naming some of the seven deadly sins, Scorpia had said hesitantly. Catra had hissed at her. Ah, anger, Entrapta had commented. Now though, Scorpia leaned back in her chair and took a long look at her friend. There was something a little softer than usual in her tone as she told them about her confusion. What? Katra asked sharply. Uh... Entrapta interjected. Are you asking us for our opinions on why this behavior is happening? Are you asking for advice on how to deal with glimmer and or bow? Or something else? Being asked to clearly state what she needed seemed perplexing to Katra. I think, um, maybe your thoughts on what's going on so I can figure out how to fix it. Her two friends exchanged another quick look, and based on this unspoken communication... Scorpia was elected to go first. She cleared her throat and began talking in a gentle tone. It sounds to me like your presence in Glimmer's life has shifted something in her relationship with Bao. And that Bao hasn't been happy about it, or is having some difficult feelings about it that he's trying to work through. But if he's treating you normally, then it seems to me that he isn't blaming you for the situation, and that it's something he and Glimmer need to work out between them. Catra gaped at her. Are you a feelings wizard or something? It's just what I think is happening. Entrapta nodded. I do not disagree. Okay, so maybe I do want some advice. But let me get another drink first. She went to the bar, pleased that Kyle was still too intimidated by her to make direct eye contact, and returned with another beer for herself, a dark and stormy for Scorpia, and a Shirley Temple, extra cherries, for Entrapta. All right, lay the advice on me. This time, Entrapta spoke first. It seems that gaining clarity on your relationship with Glimmer would be a good first step for you. It is logical to determine what you want as Bao and Glimmer's feelings are beyond your control. Katra slowly repeated some of the words as if they didn't quite make sense. What I want. Specifically, what you want out of your relationship with Glimmer. Though, it would be advisable to also consider your wants and needs regarding relationships in general. You deserve so much, Wildcat. But you have to be open with others and honest with yourself. Sensing that their friend was at her limit for this conversation, they both tried to change the subject at once. Anyway, Hordak and I are working on. Perfuma was telling me about. As they both trailed off and prepared to start again, Catra cut in. Thank you. You've given me some things to think about. I'm glad you're both here. You're welcome. Super pal trio. After draining half her beer, Catra gestured for Scorpia to continue. Okay, what was your hippie crush telling you? Her friend blushed beet red. For this next phase of Operation Scorpion, Catra really had to psyche herself up. Several horrifying things were about to be combined into one experience listening to Scorpia's gym affirmations, having to lift weights in close proximity to her bright moon nemesis, and pretending she was enjoying herself while all of this was happening. But it needed to be done, and she was the only one who could do it. They walked into the gym, Scorpia following just a step behind her and bubbling with enthusiasm. Not wanting to get on Huntara's bad side again, Catra had checked in advance to make sure it was okay for her to bring a guest. Hunter's response. If it's your big gay friend, bring her on by. Otherwise, nope. So here they were, part of the way through a strength-building circuit that Scorpia had designed. Bereft of her headphones, Catra was forced to listen and occasionally nod as her friend commented on the amenities. Apparently it was set up for serious lifters and not Fright City posers, the improvement in Catra's strength, and how much Scorpia was enjoying her trip so far. Out of the corner of her eye she spotted Huntera walking through the gym. It was time. Hey, would you mind spying me for some deadlifts? Maybe checking my form? Absolutely. I would love to. Scorpia responded, as enthusiastically as if Catra was her high school crush and had just asked her to prom. Once they were in place, Catra struggled a bit on purpose, causing Scorpia to step in with helpful corrections and boisterous cheerleading. The timing was perfect, as the scene had drawn Huntara's attention, and the tall woman was lounging nearby smirking as Catra pushed through one last set, painting with exertion. She was in the process of wiping her sweaty face on the edge of her t-shirt when Hunter's voice rang out. Nice job, kitty. I didn't think you had that in you. I think I just needed the right coaching. Scorpia, this is Huntara. She owns this place. With a bright smile on her face, Scorpius stepped forward to give the other woman a firm handshake. The taller woman looked her up and down speculatively, and then nodded. You look like you put in a lot of time at the gym. Kitty here says that you're a personal trainer? Oh yeah, that's one of my jobs back in Fright City. While they went back and forth talking shop, Catra got her phone out and texted Entrapta. "Katra, we should be at the cafe in about twenty minutes. Entrapta, excellent. I am standing by for the next phase. She turned back into the conversation in time to hear Huntera say, If you do ever move here, come by and see me. I can definitely offer you a job. Something part-time, but you can bring in your own clients and make your own hours. Oh gosh, that would be so great. Thank you. Nice to meet you. See you around Kitty. Once Huntera was mostly out of earshot, Scorpia burst out. This is so exciting. Oh, I bet she'd be a great boss. So much better than Chad at Fright City Fitness. Yeah, that's so great. Hey, how would you feel about cleaning up and going to get smoothies? They do really good ones with fresh fruit at the cafe. Oh wow, Wildcat, you have the best ideas. Catra led her friend towards the locker room so the next phase of Operation Scorpion could commence. Slurp! This smoothie is so good! Told ya! Scorpia opened her mouth, no doubt to parrot out some facts that Perfuma had told her about the local, organic fruit that was used, when she was interrupted by Entrapta blasting through the door dragging Hordak behind her. Oh, hello friends! How completely coincidental! But Entrapta, didn't you just say— Hordak's confused voice was overpowered as Entrapta continued. You remember Hordak, right, Scorpia? Of course. The burly woman moved forward as if to give him a hug but was stopped by Katra's firm grip on her tank top and the fact that Hordak retreated a step as he caught her intention. Nice to see you again, Scorpia added when she realized her hugging plans had been foiled. Yes, same to you. So Hordak was just telling me about how difficult it is to deal with phone calls and emails while trying to get all the project work done. I was. Entrapta made a strange squiggling motion with her fingers and raised her eyebrows. Oh, yes. It is difficult to focus with the interruptions of administrative duties, but they are very important to deal with as we build the business. Now Catra entered this stilted conversation. Did you know that Scorpia has experience as a personal assistant and currently works for a help desk? She also has the highest customer service ratings among her peers based on survey results, Entrapta added. Scorpia was looking increasingly confused and then her head whipped towards Entrapta. Hold on, how do you know that? The survey data never gets shared. Wait, I'm the best? Yes, by a statistically significant margin. Intrapta directed her next sentence at Hordak. Isn't that intriguing? He still seemed a little caught off balance, and Catra wondered if Intrapta had actually filled him in on the plan in advance, or was just winging it. Yes, that is, uh, fascinating. Good customer service is so important. Especially for new businesses, Catra added, hoping to salvage this conversation. Indeed. Yes, it would be very fortunate if we could find a qualified administrative assistant quickly. Everyone now looked at Scorpia. Slurp. Oh, um, hi. I mean, gosh, it's terrible that you're having such a hard time. Is there something I could do to help? Now everyone looked at Hordak, who immediately seemed deeply uncomfortable with the attention. Would you like a job? A couple weeks later, Catra was helping unload some final boxes from the moving van and into Scorpia and Entrapta's new apartment. The former was arranging a few pieces of furniture with help from Hordak, while the latter was setting up all her electronic equipment in the perfect configuration. After dropping off the boxes in the kitchen, Katra went to sit next to Entrapta on the floor of her already cluttered bedroom. Katra, We did it! Operation Scorpion was a resounding success. They grinned at each other and did a quick fist bump before Catra sprawled out on the floor. I think we made a pretty good team. And now the super pal trio is back together. As if those were magic words, Scorpia appeared in the doorway and scooped them up, one under each arm. Super pal trio! I'm so happy! As she laughed and cried simultaneously and swung her friends back and forth. Entrapta squealed joyfully, and Katra tried not to succumb to motion sickness. Her authentic happiness at her friends being with her did at least help keep the nausea at bay.